It's time for episode 186 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, April 26th, 2017. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's played in 4 4 time. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I'm joined once again by my co-host across this country of ours, Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. I'm confused. 4-4. It sounds like a date, but it's not April the 4th. It's not. It's a mu- musical signature. Time signature. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I guess there you go. There you go. April Lean was a down. weird time to make that joke, but I, I love it. Hi, Dan. It's good to be here. <laughs> oh, we're doing joke criticisms now. Well, they're not all going to be winners, Jason. Uh, this is the tech podcast where we talk about four technology topics with two wonderful guests. To my left... From Macworld, Caitlin McGarry is back. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you. And to my left from, oh, so many places, including Mac Power Users and the wonderful Free Agents podcast, both on Relay FM. it's David Sparks. Hello. Hello. Happy to be back. Well, let's uh, kick this off with a breaking topic that just came out right before we started recording what? this show. I know. It's amazing. We're topical. This is too topical for my comfort, Dan. All right. I'll allow it. Okay. So here's the deal. Uh, Amazon has rolled out a new Echo-based product called the Echo Look. Uh, what makes it different is it has a camera in it. And the sort of raison d'etre for this product is it's, a, it's oriented around your wardrobe. So you tell it to take a picture of you or a short video. And it can let you see the wardrobe you're wearing. It also includes uh, a companion app that has a feature that's basically building a lookbook, which lets you go and look back over things that you have worn in the past and taken pictures of um, to help you identify favorite outfits, etc. And also, of course, because Amazon wants to monetize it by selling you things that you might want to wear. But it also includes an algorithmic slash maybe person-based a uh, feature called Style Check in which you get to give it two pictures of two different outfits and it tells you which one it thinks is more appropriate for you, more fashionable for you based on current trends from uh, actual people who are in the fashion business as well as machine learning algorithms. Uh, so my question for you guys is, what do you think of this product? Is, is this make sense? Is this an interesting direction for Amazon to go with the Echo? Is this a product that interests you at all? Or is there some other uh, sort of Echo-based product that you think would be more up your alley? Caitlin, kick us off here. Okay. This is very relevant to my interests because I love fashion. I follow a lot of fashion bloggers on Instagram. Um, I definitely want to try this. I have no idea if people really need something like this, but I just love the concept. It reminds me of um, Clueless, the classic 90s film. Um, <laughs> and she, Cher Horowitz, uses software to help her match her outfits every day. Um, so this feels like the 2017 version, and I'm really into it. But I think it's like $200, which seems yeah. a little a little much. But I would try it for like a week and see see how I feel. I don't know. It's so random. (laughs) (laughs) So, Dan, I have questions. Maybe you can help me here. Sure. It it could take your picture and show you how you look. Does it have a screen? It does not. You use the, uh, there's an app on your phone. So you you tell it, you say, like, take a picture or take a video, and then it, like, takes it and sends it to your phone so you can look at it and see how you look. So you look better. So because it's further away, the idea is that it's better than just looking in the selfie camera? 
And in fact, it has a, well, it's a full-length picture, essentially, right? Yeah, so further away, more like a full-length mirror. And it has a depth of field effect, like the iPhone 7 Plus's portrait effect, so it blurs the background and makes your, you know, yourself sort of pop out more. See, I'd rather, I, I'd rather, like, project me on a hologram or something. I think that would be really great, <laughs> like, to, to, in order to see this. But instead, or, or, follow me here, Dan, what if it described you back to yourself what if it said yeah you're not at your best it's a bad hair day maybe uh, go back in the bathroom or like you're you're gonna go out in that i think that would be a way to do it so because i don't want to pick up my phone and like then i'm looking at a picture of me looking at a picture of me looking at a picture of my phone it's weird uh i don't know this seems bizarre to me i know nothing about it other than how you just described it um it's it it puts the echo in a different room isn't that great uh amazon wants them everywhere Mm -hmm. this seems like a very strange combination of features i also wonder if maybe they built an echo with a camera and then threw around a bunch of ideas of how they could sell it and this is the one that won um i don't know i i uh, as one of our friends and and sometimes panelist here james thompson just said on twitter um it could be useful in in having alexa say something like james you're wearing your pajamas at 4 p.m we've talked about this but I don't know. It seems like a very <laughs> weird product to me. So you want Alexa to judge you constantly, basically. <laughs> Maybe that's the future. Maybe Alexa Maybe. should should not be I, not be sending things to my phone, but just saying no, not that shirt again. You or how about this? You you've worn that shirt five times in the last two weeks. Sure, right. Change right. it up, Mister. Like I'd take that. That'd be great. Um, I am definitely not in the target demographic for this product. I just kind of fall into my clothes, so <laughs> I don't think I'm I'm there. But I'm I'm glad Caitlin could talk about it, someone who's interested in in fashion. Hey, maybe Alexa could help you. Yeah, this, maybe. this is this yeah, is what yeah. this product is for. <laughs> I, I do think it's a little weird. I, I've always uh, never been really that excited about having cameras in the bedroom related area of my house uh, connected to the internet, and um, and I'm sure that they'll have. Uh, necessary security in here, hopefully. But this also strikes me as a uniquely Amazon product that this is the wacky kind of thing that Amazon would do. And sometimes they fail miserably and sometimes they bring up a whole new product category. So, you know, bless you, Amazon. Put this stuff out there and let's see what the market makes of it. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting idea because I can definitely see different echoes designed for different areas of the house, like an echo with a screen that maybe is in the kitchen and is designed to be sort of durable and like splash proof and stuff like that. Um, actually, I think Caitlin really hits on a great point here in, in that I think there's a large par- portion of the market that is not being not interested in something like the echoes we've seen before and that this might appeal to. And I think it's not also unreasonable to say this is probably largely targeted at women. Um, and I feel like I, I don't know how well the existing echoes have done with women, but maybe Amazon looked at its, you know, its metrics or customer surveys or whatever and said, you know what, we're not really finding a product. Maybe we can try this. And this is something that will get us into a part of the market that we haven't really been able to serve before. Um, so I, I think that's an interesting idea for them. I don't know if it will work or not. I think it's there's also the very possible <laughs> uh, scenario where this ends in some sort of terrible backlash or Amazon telling people to wear things that are not stylish. <laughs> so that's a risk. I guess we'll have to see how it plays out. Um, but thanks for your thoughts on that. Uh, Caitlin, what's your topic? All right. So another day, another Uber public relations crisis. <laughs> I, I swear, this company just cannot get it together. 
Um, so this week, uh, the New York Times reported that Uber almost got kicked out of the iOS app store um, because apparently it was fingerprinting iPhones um, to prevent fraud in China. But the report initially made it seem like Uber was tracking phones after uh, users deleted the app, which turned out to not exactly be the case. But um, nevertheless, it was still shady enough that Tim Cook was like, um, I don't think so, and had to put a stop to it. Um, but this on top of, you know, reports of sexual harassment and, and other just really terrible behavior from Uber's executives, um, I'm sort of wondering if any of you are able to separate a company's actions or its executives' behavior from an app or a product that you love. And if you've used Uber, did you delete it? I'm just, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Yeah, I uh, I have deleted it, although I'm not sure I deleted my account. I deleted the app. Um, I'm, I'm a little concerned that I'm going to be put in a situation where I where Uber is the only answer and I'm going to need to use it. But I'm going to try not to because although it's very convenient, there are other options. There are lots of other options, including taxi apps and Lyft. And um, I, I feel like like there's enough here. I just think I, the shame of it is that these are incredibly these are the actions of incredibly talented, smart people, and they're being put toward kind of uh, subverting Apple's rules in order to do what they want, despite Apple trying to put those in place to protect its customers. And I get the idea of trying to protect against fraud, and it would be maybe enough for another company. But given all the other things we know about Uber, including something that seems to happen after this, but was reported earlier, which is the idea that they were holding on to your tracking information after you close the app in order to figure out where you went so that they could process that information. They kind of have lost, with all of their bad behavior, the benefit of the doubt here. So even though this one is not the worst by far of the things that Uber is reported to have done, believe it or not, <laughs> it's still just another log on the fire. So yeah, I'm not. I'm going to avoid Uber whenever possible in the future. I've only ever used it four or five times, so I'm going to avo- avoid it from now on for sure. I deleted Uber like two or three months ago, and I, it was kind of on those list of things for me to do. And then just more and more, I think it was the sexual harassment allegations and the fact that they just ignored them that finally pushed me over the top and said, I, you know, I just, I understand that people make mistakes and that sometimes companies don't react right and correctly, but you know, this pile of sins adds up and I feel like I just don't want to push money towards this company anymore. And so I put Lyft on my phone and set up my Lyft account. And that was, like I said, three or four months ago. And I've made trips to Chicago, Orlando. I've been all over the country uh, doing stuff. And I've had no problems at all using Lyft. And I even like the way you can tip the drivers. Um, Because I've been interested in the subject, I've always been talking to my Lyft drivers. And some of them work for both Uber and Lyft. And some of them are just Lyft. And they all generally seem happier with Lyft in the way they're being treated as well. So that makes me feel a little better about the move. Yeah, I I deleted my Uber account probably around the same time, January, I want to say. And I've been using Lyft pretty much exclusively since then, which is uh, fine. I don't use it that much, but I do use it from time to time. And like David, I've traveled around a bit, so it's been handy. Um, I know my girlfriend who travels a lot um, has also been trying to not use Uber, um, but that is t- it's tougher because there are places where Lyft saturation just isn't as good. Um, and so and, and certainly in other places, too, when I was in India last year, I actually used Uber like pretty frequently, almost all the time. Uh, and, you know, it was uh, pretty much the if not the only option, certainly the best of available options at that point. 
Um, I do. Yeah, I don't know. I just really having seen them do thing after thing. It strikes me as this sort of typical often Silicon Valley mentality of like, oh, we can do this thing. Let's just do it. Uh, and Google, too, has found themselves on the wrong end of that in the past. So I think they've gotten better about it as years have gone on of just saying, like, here's this crazy thing that we can do if we jump through like all around all these things that have been set up to prevent us from doing things like that. But it's good. Don't trust us. No, we can totally do this. Um, they don't really stop to worry about the implications of it. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm not really interested in giving any more money to Uber at present. Like Jason, I haven't deleted my account, um, but I do have the, I've gotten rid of the app. So I, I feel like I'm pretty, pretty okay in my Uberless lifestyle for now. Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the same boat. Um, I haven't deleted my account, but I'm definitely, um, cutting down my usage. Although I do travel frequently. And as you were saying, Dan, sometimes like Uber is the only option in certain countries. Um, and or cities. Um, and I'm actually, uh, New York has a pretty good um, taxi hailing app now called Curb, uh, which if you guys ever come to the city, I recommend checking out. Um, it just lets you hail a cab like you would an Uber. Um, or if you get one on the street, there's a, a number that pops up in the cab TV screen and you just put it in the app and it automatically connects your ride with your app. So you don't have to worry about credit card or cash or anything. Um, so that has been, um, my go-to lately, but I really like Uber's service is so reliable and like, it kills me that they can't get it together. Like it doesn't seem that difficult to, you know, create a culture where, you know, all of these terrible things aren't happening. And like you were saying, Dan, like the Silicon Valley, um, you know, philosophy where you just like do whatever you want and deal with the ramifications later. I don't think that's that's not going to work for very long. Um, so I'm curious to see if, uh, I know Uber is looking for, um, you know, a, a COO to help Travis Kalanick out. So we'll see how that works. But um, I just, I wish they could resolve these problems. All right, we're halfway through this one. We've got uh, two more topics to go. But let me first tell you about our halftime sponsor. This episode of Clockwise brought to you by Blue Apron. It's the number one recipe delivery service, and it's got the freshest ingredients for less than $10 per meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with fresh, high-quality ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone while also supporting a more sustainable food system, setting high standards for ingredients, and building a whole community of home chefs. Home chefs means you get the stuff, you make it at home. That's the amazing thing about it. You get step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe cards, uh, pre-portioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. You make it yourself from the ingredients, and if you like it, you keep the card like we do, and then you make it again. I had a remade Blue Apron last night because our Blue Apron box doesn't come until today and it was great because we liked it and we put a big star on it and then we get it out from time to time and remake that uh, that meal with stuff we buy at the store so it blue apron is paying off all over the place no recipes are repeated within a year so you're going to get a fresh recipe at least once a week for a year which is great too probably, or three, depending on what level you've got. We're in the family plan, so we get two. Uh, among the things that you could make at Blue Apron this month, mushroom and Swiss cheeseburgers with roasted rosemary potato wedges, baby broccoli and fontina paninis with hard-boiled egg and arugula salad. Oh, we had that. That was really good. Uh, and many, many more. They delivered in 99% of the continental United States, so if you're in the lower 48, it probably will reach you. There's no weekly commitment if you look at this week's stuff that's coming up and uh, don't like it. You go to their website and go, I don't want that and then they just pass on that week and then go on to the next week. Check out this week's menu and get three meals free with your first purchase, including free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash 
clockwise. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to make home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. BlueApron.com slash clockwise. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, back to clockwise. Topic number three comes from me. Samsung's Galaxy S8 has received record early orders, according to Samsung. So are you surprised that the whole Note 7 debacle hasn't affected Samsung as a whole? And what do you think will happen to the Galaxy Note 8? Well, you know, I'm not a big fan of uh, Android, so I don't use a lot of their devices. But I've been talking to several friends lately about this new phone, and there's a lot of excitement. It reminds me of the way iPhone users get excited about the new iPhones. So uh, for whatever reason, Samsung really has the mind share among Android users as the new, you know, the new sexy phone. And and historically, I'm not sure that was really merited, but it seems like it looks like a really nice device, and I like what they've done with it. Um, the the short memory as to phones that explode or catch on fire, at least, is 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 a little baffling to me. Um, I do think, though, that they, based on the success of the S8, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Note 8, and if they just turn the page and. And I'm sure it will not catch on fire. I mean, that's something that you learn. That's going to be really sad when it catches on fire now. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I'm in some ways I'm not surprised, and maybe it's just because I'm cynical about this, but I feel like people are really quick to – people who are especially like in, invested in that brand in some way are really quick to overlook these kinds of things or at least like wave them off. I, I can kind of imagine a scenario in which this had happened to Apple – and like on the iPhone 7 or something. And would people have like gone back for the iPhone 8? Probably. They probably would have. Because in the end of the day, you know, these things do seem like flukes. And no matter how bad it gets, um, you know, people are willing to excuse a lot for what they want out of a consumer product. So, you know, I, I'm. it's a little surprising on the one hand. But on the other hand, I feel like there are just so many people who, who are willing to excuse excuse otherwise bad behavior which we've seen in many other arenas in our lives lately um to just like double down on their commitment to a particular thing so um i i think that from what i've seen the new new phone looks pretty pretty good and i imagine that people uh, big like who are samsung fans will be very enthusiastic about it and i agree with david that it, it probably probably won't catch on fire so to me it's sort of like um a restaurant reopening after a bad grade from the health department. Um, like, you know, every surface will be like clean as a whistle because of all that extra scrutiny. So I think that's uh, in people's minds about the battery. Like there's no way they would let that happen again. Um, and I think they did a big PR blitz, uh, invited a bunch of reporters to the the factory to see all the battery tests and all of that. So um, I don't think people... I think people are willing to forgive. Um, I don't know if the Note 8 will be a thing. I don't, I don't know. that The whole brand just seems tainted because of that situation. Um, but I don't know. The, the S8 does look like a really good phone. Um, it looks really good. I don't know about the whole fingerprint sensor right next to the camera lens thing. That seems to be a poor design choice. Um, but other than that, I, I hear good things. So, um yeah, I, I don't think people should be worried about the battery, but you know, now that I've jinxed it, we'll see what happens. I think it's uh, there's a lot of chutzpah that Samsung has to come out with a Note 8, but they they they're going to do it. And I think the Galaxy S8 shows that that is the flagship phone for uh, Samsung, and that uh, Samsung's brand as a huge company was not necessarily as impacted as as people might have thought 
it would be the notes the note eight on the other hand is one of those things that i think it's going to be a tougher sell for them i think that that's going to be uh a slower uptake uh to forgive that product then again everybody who wanted a note seven couldn't get one or couldn't keep theirs so maybe all those people uh some you know won't feel burned and instead will uh will want a note eight i don't know i i think this shows that uh that it's very hard to uh kill a major brand you have to really work at it and samsung hasn't put in just quite enough work to kill their own brand yet so (laughs) maybe they will escape uh we have time for one more topic david what do you think uh one of the things that came out in this new york times article about uber is the role of unroll unroll is a uh, unroll.me it's a it's a service that you can sign up for that will help you unenroll from unwanted junk and spam email it's free in quotes, <laughs> and, uh, the thing we learned in the article was, in addition to helping you monitor your email to get spam, Unroll.me is owned by an analytics company, and the analytics company was harvesting those emails to collect data that they could sell to people. And uh, one of the things Uber did was they said, we want copies of all the receipts uh, of everybody that signed up for Unroll for Lyft, one of their competitors. And as the story goes, uh, Unroll Me anonymized the data, so you wouldn't know that I was the one who hired the uh, Lyft ride in Chicago, but you would know that somebody hired a Lyft ride in Chicago a few weeks ago. And then they sold all this data to to Uber. And that came out in the New York Times article, and the Unroll Me uh, CEO wrote uh, the prototypical Silicon Valley post. I think it was called why we can do better or we can do better. I love that <laughs> whenever they say that, you know, and he's in and, and the article wasn't really apologetic for the practice of selling your data as much as it was saying, we should have told you more how much we're selling your data. And so that raises the question, uh, when you're going to sign up for a free service concerning your email, how comfortable are you with that? And, uh, you know, are you using any of those? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things where I, I'm willing to connect my account or use my like Google or even my Facebook account for authentication. Um, but I've always been very wary of having accounts that look at my or uh, services that look at my email. And I don't know why, but for whatever reason, that's always felt like a line to me. Like my email is something where p- perhaps falsely in many cases, I have the expectation of some form of privacy. Um, and I just don't like the idea of a automated service, even if it's just algorithms poking through my inbox. So I've never really bothered with any of those services, including like unroll me or, um, you know, even like trip it, I think, which can like scan and look for like flight information, for example. Um, it just, it's always felt as, as someone who like really does generally embrace new technologies, that one's always felt a little too invasive to me. So I am not surprised about this, as we always say, you know, when when something is free, then you're probably the product. So uh, that makes a lot of sense in terms of like avoiding services like unroll me. But I can also understand the benefit that some users get out of it. And I can also agree that some people are totally fine with it. Like I've definitely given access to my Twitter account to services that I, you know, might use it for nefarious deeds or to collect information on me and sort of been like, well, I don't love this idea, but like I'm willing to trade that off for access to this service because of the benefits that will provide me. Uh, and in most cases, you know, it's not a big deal. It doesn't result in any terrible information. And and some people may not care for their, you know, to have their, uh, may not worry about having their email uh, looked at for algorithmic reasons or whatever because they feel like it improves the services they're getting. So, yeah, I, I think it's a personal preference thing, but for me, it's always been a bridge too far. 
Yeah, I do not let services connect to my email precisely for that reason. Um, I, I don't even like letting third parties access my Facebook account. If there's like a, a, a way to create a new account rather than use Facebook to log in, I will absolutely choose that option. Um, and I understand that Unroll Me seemed like a really useful service. I haven't used it um, because iOS has the uh, unsubscribe feature in the, the built-in mail app, which is super convenient. Highly recommend. Um, but I understand the outrage because um, Unroll Me users weren't really explicitly told who the company was selling their data to, like the CEO said in his uh, sorry, not sorry email or a blog post um, that, you know, they do say that your anonymous data can be sold, but they don't really, it's not super explicit. So I understand why people are upset, but um, and it does feel like a violation. But like Dan was saying, uh, I think at this point, we all have to expect that when a service is free, we are the product that's being sold. So um, I, I think you have to be extra careful these days. Yeah, it's hard to tell because so many companies have a freemium model and the idea there is they're giving it away for free. But what they're really trying to do is get you hooked so that you pay. And their business model may not involve turning around and selling your stuff to someone else. In the case of Unroll Me, it looks like that's sort of like they started maybe as more like that. And then they were purchased by Slice, which is a company that their entire business is doing this. I had a um, I had a service that I that I used that uh, what it did was you you connected it to your uh, your logins for your various services that you pay for on a recurring basis and it would so not not looking at your inbox but you'd log into your you know your power bill or whatever and you're giving this service your logins and then what it would do is it would download all of your um, all of your bills and all your receipts and stuff and put it in Dropbox and or, or in their cloud system and very convenient actually but it was one of those moments where after I used it for a little while to write about it I thought do I really want some random third party service having my logins to these various to my you know cable provider and things like that do I really want that and um and in the end, I decided I didn't, and I, I I've disconnected those. I looked at their privacy policy though the other day, and they, they're pretty good. They they seem to offer a free tier only to get people to sign up for their bigger service, and they they their privacy policy seems very clear that they aren't aggregating data for any purpose other than to add to do a like an index to make it searchable for you. That, and that, but here's the problem: is this industry has such a bad reputation now, and privacy policies are written in legalese, and so even reading their privacy policy, I'm not convinced that they're not able to sell it. Now, pro- they're probably not, but uh, you know, first off, nobody reads them. And even if you do read them, you, you can't understand them. So I think this is an industry-wide problem. And I think, yeah, the default for most people should be don't share information. Don't take that free thing in exchange for uh, all of your data unless you are well aware of the, um, of the trade-off that you're making. And it's very hard to be well aware these days. Yeah, when I was writing the email uh, field guide, I was looking at these services and most of them didn't seem appealing to me. But one that I really liked was this company, SaneBox. And I actually called the company and they put me on the phone with their security guy and said, look, we don't sell your data. You pay us money for the service. All we look at is the the name of the person sending the email and the subject line where we don't even look at the bodies of the messages. We don't we don't use that data. 
And, um, and ultimately I decided that I, it, the, the benefits of the service were worth paying for it. And I now have been a subscriber for many years and disclosure, they're, they're a sponsor of, of the podcast, Jason, and I do now, but, but I, that wasn't the reason I signed up for them. So I think you can do it. I think you gotta be careful. You gotta deal with a vendor that you trust and know, and you gotta kind of keep on top of it, but there's a benefit to these services. Um, but anytime you're doing one and you're giving somebody access to any of your information and it's free, um, alarm bell should be going off because you're really putting yourself in jeopardy, I think. Well, that's four tech topics. I think we've got just enough time for a bonus topic. And this week, uh, this is the bonus topic I have brought you. I was just at Disney World. And so my question for you is, what's your favorite wa- ride at Disneyland or Disney World or any other favorite theme park? Caitlin? My favorite theme park is actually Universal Studios in L.A., and my favorite ride there is the new Harry Potter ride. Um, it's really fun. If you are prone to motion sickness, you might be a little disturbed, but I I did just fine. I was really proud of myself. I highly recommend. Also, there's Butterbeer, which is uh, delicious, so check it out. I don't love roller coasters, but the roller coaster that I do like that is the, uh, it sort of minimizes the kind of uh, drops, which I don't really like, but there's a lot of sort of swooping uh, from side to side. And that's Big Thunder Mountain Railway at Disneyland and other places too. Love it. Oh my God, Jason. No, that yeah. one's terrible. My favorite. <laughs> Caitlin, I was traumatized as a 10 year old when my parents took me on that. <laughs> Star tours at Disneyland. There is nothing better. Yeah. David stole mine, but I will take my backup, which is the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland, which is fantastic. That is great. And is, oh, that and one just... is terrible too. You guys Oh no, that one's amazing. That one's so good. Oh. oh my God. It just like shoots you straight forward. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, people have opinions. Well, we found it an extremely divisive topic, which we'll probably revisit sometime in the future. Yeah. You were all wrong. (laughs) We're all monsters here today. But for now, I think that wraps up our show. So let's thank our guest, Caitlin McGarry. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And David Sparks, thank you for being on the roller coaster ride that is clockwise. (laughs) <laughs> See what I did there? Oh, my God. Dad jokes. Always a pleasure. And this is the part of the show where your stomach drops out. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. Well, it's time to go, but we'll be back next week for another edition of Clockwise. Dan, pleasure as always. Indeed. And uh, thanks to our guests. Thanks to our listeners. We'll be back. And until then, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.